irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. This is Max and Friends, and I'm your host, Max Tucci. Welcome back to another Sunday night, or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending on where you're tuning in to Max and Friends, because now we're on all podcasting platforms. I just love saying that. You all know that. 14 years, we kicked off the season last week with our guest, Dr. Christy Vanacore, the book Rewilding. Dr. Christy's going to be with us again, because we're going to talk about rewilding tonight, again. Because we had to pick up from last week. There was so much to inform you with that I felt, you know what? We can't rush this. Has life been a rush for you? There goes my phone speaking of. Has life been a rush for you? <laughs> so much that even after 14 years, I forget to put on do not disturb. But no experience is ever wasted. Do you have a do not disturb button in your soul? that maybe sometimes you just want to hit and be like, do not disturb. where you can just be in a place and a space of time where you can just be still and know that you're connected to all that is and that all that is out there is all that is that is in you that we're just a reflection of all that is tonight's the show that we're going to talk about rewilding we're going to talk about getting back into the wild we're going to talk about joy passion peace love and book called Rewilding, how a woman's quest to remember her roots, rekindle her instincts, and reclaim her sovereignty came into my consciousness. And the reason why it came into my consciousness, I know for sure, for many reasons, but for one, indeed, is to bring to you here on Maxim Friends. We're in a time and space where life is hectic. As I look out over the farm right now, I see all that nature is, and it's just there existing doing its thing magically underground. The trees are beginning to blossom, the flowers, the leaves, the grass is growing greener. The leaves are unfolding. The daffodils are coming out of their beautiful little stalks and everything here looks so beautiful. And all the magic underneath the ground, that's where it all is. It's in the ground. And I say that because when we see things and it looks like things aren't growing or things are possibly dead, or dying, there's activity and magic in the roots and the soul of it all. What is the magic that's in your soul? What's the magic that's in your roots that's been dormant? Spring has sprung. Are you bringing that to life? Are you bringing your magic to life? We're going to talk about it tonight on Max and Friends. What's going on in my life? Well, follow me at Max Tucci on Instagram and Twitter, and you can find out more there. Of course, still working on the cookbook, (laughs) The Elephant Birth. But we are like in the rounds of completion where it's going to be sent, to be printed, and then before we know it, in your hands. So I really, I'm grateful to you all for being part of this journey with me. 14 years here on Max and Friends. Seems like yesterday. (laughs) And here we are today. Here I am today, sitting, doing what I love. Part of my rewilding. So tonight, let's just take a life class part two for rewilding. We spoke about it last week, and we're going to pick up again this week. Why? Because here's the story. Dr. Christy Vanacore, she's a holistic psychologist, modern medicine woman, spiritual visionary, sacred storyteller, who weaves enduring ancient wisdom with modern scientific paradigms to empower individuals and families to thrive. I always say we don't survive, we thrive. We thrive, we thrive, we thrive. The simplicity of life, as Alan Watts says, is to live until we live no longer. So what are you doing in these moments where you're living? Because everything else is our creation. We are the creators of our reality. Are we creating chaos, control, joy, happiness, sadness, peace? What is it that you're creating in your reality? 
remembering that like attracts like. And that no matter what we're doing in this now moment, it's exactly where we're supposed to be. Create the magic. Create rewilding. And welcome back, Dr. Christy Vanacore to Max and Friends. Namaste. How you doing, Dr. Christy? <laughs> Hello, Max. Thank you so much for such a warm welcome. And I'm so excited to be back with you and just continuing that awesome conscious conversation that we started last week. So super excited. Super, super excited. You know, right now I'm eating, so I've heard of this, but it's a what ingredient? Yeah. Organic mango. And I bring that up because it feels good to eat something that my soul feels happy about. Yeah. And it feels good to read something like your book that yeah. I'm like, oh, I got to share this with everyone. And we yeah. met for all of you last week who tuned in. We met in person, live yeah. in the flesh. <laughs> yes, in the and flesh. Yep. Yep. In the flesh. And I have the book here in my hand. That's how spirit works. That's how all that is rises up to meet you and say, how are you doing? So with that said, we're going to get into the book, Rewilding. Before we get into the book, Dr. Christie, let's just break down the definition of rewilding for those that might have missed it. And if you did miss last week's show, it's on all podcasting platforms and also on latalkradio.com backslash max. You can get 14 years of shows there. And this one is there too. So you could pick it up and listen to it and feel like you're partying <laughs> from you, Dr. Christie. Okay, great. So rewilding is all about returning to our natural rhythms and processes to restore and reclaim the essence of our humanness. So we do this by freeing ourselves from the heavy layers of numbing armor of domestication and social conditioning so that we can ultimately reconnect with our roots, reconnect with our instincts and our intuition, and reclaim our sovereignty. And sovereignty here is all about the inherent passion and curiosity and the instinctual wisdom and the boundless joy and all the magic that resides in our soul that you referenced before as well as the potent self-healing capacities that we innately possess that are critical for our physical, energetic, psychological, and spiritual well-being. So rewilding is ultimately about understanding what it means to be human and living a life that supports that. And this concept of rewilding came from land and animal conservationists who noticed that when wild animals were domesticated, they began to act strange. They were sick and aggressive and, you know, it became ill with, you know, bizarre illnesses that, that nobody could, could figure out what was going on. Nobody could help them. And many died. And the same thing with the lambs, right? They noticed that when lambs became domesticated and, you know, um, experienced a lot of human intervention, um, many of the natural flora became sick and died. And, um, and so these researchers and land conservationists and animal conservationists said, you know, what would happen if we took these wild animals and, and now, who are now domesticated and we returned them to their natural state, right? And we returned the land to its natural state, free of human intrusion, and a beautiful thing happened, right? These animals were healed. These animals completely changed, and so did the land. And so human rewilding is the same thing, right? It's what happens when we remove all of the domestication, all of the intrusiveness that has really layered on us, right? Like I call it the numbing armor that shields us and prevents us from feeling and seeing and remembering who we really are. And so this human rewilding is, you know, for instance, exploring all the ways our ancestors lived. And rather than seeing them as antiquated, we see them as essential how we live. And we learn to integrate them into our modern lives. And we learn to understand what is this human body and how do we use it? What does it mean to be this spiritual being walking this human path? And the importance of unlearning the domestication 
so that we can access our natural and very wild states of being as humans. Yeah. So what does it actually mean? You know, when we take the takeaway, what is something that we could say in like that quick one sentence, rewilding is? Rewilding is unburdening ourselves from domestication and accessing the truth of our soul. Mm. So the question I throw to you is, when animals heal themselves, how is it that we can do the same? And where do we have to go? Right. It's a great question. So, because, you know, it sounds so simple, right? You know, just rewild, <laughs> right? Like, you know, just go back into the wild. But how do we do that, right? So it is a simple process, right? But of course, there's stages and there's steps. Because for many of us, we have been domesticated for so long. And I want to just say um, quickly here about this word domestication. For me, what this word means, and I've used this other word a few times, conditioning. Okay, so we have all, you know, we've been raised by parents. We've got uh, lineages, right, of ancestors who come before us who did things certain ways. We have all experienced some degree of trauma that has cut us off from our essential connection. So a lot of for a long time. Right. So it's not just as simple as, okay, make the choice to rewild yourself. Right. There are steps and stages. So just like these animal uh, conservationists, you know, it was the process of reacclimating these animals back into the wild. We as humans have to do the same. And so the way that I teach rewilding as a part of the work that I do with people in, in my office day in and day out and by the way, this is work that is done, um, you know, my, my book, it's a woman's quest, right? Because it's my story. But this work is for everyone. This is men and women. This is children and teens, families. So when I work with all people, uh, you know, in this con context of rewilding, there are uh, pillars, for lack of a better word, as I think about it. There are foundational uh, teachings. And that I that I share in order to gradually lead them back to their state of wild, right? So one of the first ways I begin is by teaching. And, you know, I have always been a teacher. I know that's why I've experienced my own rewilding journey, right? And the wisdom that I attained on that journey is not mine to keep, it's mine to share. And so I am a teacher, right? Bringing people this wisdom. And so I teach, I teach people you know, what it means to be human. And that sounds so silly, right? We think, well, we live every day as human. We know how to live this human life, but we don't. We've gotten so far removed from what it means to be human, such that researchers now are in agreement that we are experiencing what is called evolutionary mismatch. So the demands of our modern life are at odds with our inherent genetic programming. And this is why so many of us are, are sick and disoriented and disconnected and we don't feel a sense of purpose. You know, we're sort of floundering. And, you know, 88% of us, and that is an understatement and, uh, you know, an underestimate, I should say, and you and I agreed to that last week, right? Which is, you know, 88% of people are walking around with a diagnosed chronic physical or psychological illness. And that is an underestimate because we are so disconnected from our roots. So again, we can't just, you know, change our lives drastically and rewilding isn't just, you know, leave your home and go out into the woods and stay there, right? It's this gradual integration of understanding what is this human body, right? So most people don't understand that our human body is nothing more than electrical circuits, right? We are an energy body. And we are an energy body housed within this physical body, ventral nervous system. We need to understand how this energy system and physical system work in tandem with the mind. And once we learn how it works, we can make it work for us, right? So this is where I say I start by teaching. It's sort of like, okay, this is like introduction to humanness 101, right? It's basic biology. It's actually quantum physics. And it's teaching people the physics of being human. 
And when people start to hear these things, even just some of the little snippets that I just shared, right, about energy and nervous system, they're like, oh, we didn't know this, right? We, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't hear this at any point in our lives, right? We thought, you know, all this other stuff. And when I start to talk about, you know, circadian biology, right, which is the fact that we live on a, on a, on a cycle, right? We've got these 12-hour cycles that, that uh, are in sync with the sun, right? It's, people are like, wow, fascinated, you know? And this isn't rocket science. This is just the foundation of who we are, right? So when I start to teach them about how we are designed to live in harmonious relationship with nature's cycles, they're blown away. When I start to talk to them about the importance of sunlight, right, and the electromagnetic field as the source of our cells' uh, mitochondrial coding, they're blown away. When I explain how vitamin D works in the body, they're blown away. When I explain the uh, uh, self-healing capacity known as autophagy, where we can clean out our sick cells like cancer and plaque from our brain, they are blown away. And again, this isn't rocket science. Like, you know, I didn't need my doctoral degree to know this, right? All it took was learning and understanding, right, what it means to be these human beings, you know? So kind of that first step is the teaching and the understanding of, of what it means to be human beings. And then, you know, we, we begin to uh, look more deeply, for instance, at the nervous system, at the energy system, and how can we integrate more practices to regulate our nervous system, to unblock our energy system, to unpack trauma from our bodies, right? And then we look at, you know, the day-to-day, right? How do, we, how do we structure our day to be more in sync with the sun, for example, right? And it's a gradual process of reclaiming our essence, Right? Mm, and reclaiming is the word for sure. But you know, I yes. want to jump in real quick because the book tells in part one of the book, Remembering My Roots, you say the body tells the story. The body mm. tells the story. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. those that are tuning yeah. in and their bodies are telling them a different story than one that they once knew, how do we get the story, that pattern and pathology, the new thought, the story that's changed? to resync and realign with the story we once knew. Right. So, yes, the body tells the story. And, and that is, um, there's, there's so much beautiful um, literature, by the way, in the, in the trauma research. Um, Bessel van der Kolk wrote a phenomenal book, um, a, a timeless book called The Body Keeps the Score. And um, so, so I just want to say something about, you know, the body tells the story that when anything happens in our lives, when we're just living the day to day, right. Or, and, you know, and then certainly living through something traumatic, let's say, or even something wonderful and exciting, it is experienced through the body first. And it comes in through our five senses and our system has experiences and the, um, the, the, sto- the experience rather the experience that we are living through becomes imprinted in the body, in the cells, muscles, joints, and tissues, okay? And the mind just interprets those sensations that come through the body and forms a story about it, right? So the story, the root of the story lives in the body, right? So, so what happens over time is that, um, you know, when you mention, okay, you know, what, what do people do when their original story, right, the story of who they are, is at odds mm-hmm. with the story that they're experiencing now. And that is precisely what I mean by the domestication, because when we have been domesticated and conditioned, right, by well-intentioned people, uh, parenting messages, right, messages from teachers, right, traumatic experiences, that changes our story because it changes our body. So our sensations change, the imprinting changes, and the interpretation by the brain changes. And what we develop, right, is we, we live by these sets of, of personality traits that we think are real and we think that's the story, right? And we start telling ourselves that story. But that's not the truth of our soul. That's not the truth of who we are. But it's the story we're telling ourselves. And so if we want to reclaim 
the essence of our soul, right? That that inherent boundless joy and, and love that I spoke of, right? And those potent self-healing capacities and that inner magic that you referenced earlier, we have to unpack the stories. They are living in the body. So how we do this is to go to the body. So I, I just posted a video earlier this morning on my Instagram uh, talking about anxiety, for instance. And I bring this up because in the video, uh, I was inspired to record this video um, from another client who came to me this morning saying, you know, I've been to therapy for years and I've tried everything and I'm still anxious. And I've just resigned myself to the fact that I'm always going to be an anxious person. I'll always just be neurotic. I'll always be panicked. It's just who I am, right? Talk about a story, right? That she's telling herself, okay? Now, at her room, that becomes the truth though, right? Like, you know, well, like I said earlier in the show, are we consciously create and unconsciously create? So if we're unconsciously creating these words. Isn't that what's manifesting? A hundred percent, right? So what she's doing, you know, it's sort of like self-fulfilling prophecy. Energy flows where attention goes. So the more that she aligns herself with that story, the more that comes to fruition. Now, I recorded this video because I said to her what I say to so many people day in and day out. And that's why I thought, let me just record this because, <laughs> you know, after a while you get tired of saying the same thing, but she did. And this was no fault of her or anybody else, or even me, because this was my story too. Right. And this is why I had to share my story in my book with the world, because I have been there. I was there too, where I said to myself, okay, I'm finally getting help. I'm going to talk therapy. I'm going to CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Because I need to change my thoughts. My story is coming from faulty thoughts, okay? That is what we've been led to believe. Mm. It's that our now, thoughts. Now, why do you think your, why did your thoughts become that? Why did your, how did your thoughts become that way? And how did you undo them? <laughs> so, yep. So, so my, so my belief, right, became that, okay, the thoughts are the problem, right? And so my thoughts became influenced. So for instance, I said the same story. I'm always going to be anxious. I'm always going to be paranoid. I'll always have racing thoughts. This is just who I am. You know, I used to, at one point in my life, I wore anxiety like a badge of honor. You know, it's like I should have just said, hi, my name is anxious, <laughs> you know? And mm. I wore that like a badge of honor because that became more than even a story. It became my identity right? I didn't know any other way to live at that point, right? And so when it finally uh, got to the point that I was so debilitated by anxiety and realized I couldn't live this way anymore, so I was either going to end my life or start living my life, right? I went for help and, and no fault of my own, right? I did the right thing. I went for help. But the problem is that I did what was once believed to be the thing, you go to talk therapy, right? You sit on the couch and you talk about, you know, how your mother did this and your father did that and all the <laughs> stories, right? All the stories, or you go to the CBT therapist and, and that's cognitive behavioral therapy. So these are uh, therapists trained to work with the way your cognitions or your thoughts influence your behavior, right? And so I did all the things, but what I did not know and I couldn't have known this, right? I don't know what I don't know, is that you cannot change these thoughts and these belief systems and these stories with your mind. You can't change your mind with your mind. It is absolutely physiologically impossible. It mm -hmm. must be through the body, right? So to circle back to your body tells the story, your body keeps the score. If we don't then go back into the body, to the cells, muscles, joints, tissues, where that imprinting lives, we will never unpack it. It will never yeah. be excavated. And so we could sit on a therapist's couch for 15 years, and my mother did this, and my father did that, and my spouse did this, yeah. and my life is this. And, and the therapist can teach us these really cool, uh, you know, powerful mantras, right? Uh, you know, for, for me forever, it was, I can and I will, I can and I will, you know, <laughs> right, right. I could say it and I could practice it and I could look in the mirror and watch myself say it. But guess what? Maybe it's going to make me feel good for five minutes. Maybe I yeah. can maintain that, 
that mask of a smile for a few minutes and get through the next situational crisis if it happens with the I can and I will. But am I healing long-term? No, because I'm doing nothing to touch the body. And if my nervous system is stuck in locked and loaded, okay, in hyperarousal state or hyperarousal state while I am depressed and down and paralyzed, okay, chanting Mm. I can and I will is doing nothing. And in fact, it's going to make it worse. And give you more anxiety because there's no result. You know, and also Um, what's fascinating too is that some people go to see, you know, to get um, CBT, some people go to therapy, some people though go to sex, drugs, you know, alcohol, sleeping, and even meditation. You know, I've seen many examples of when people think, oh, I'm, I'm, I, they're going through anxiety, they have anxiety, they have depression, they're gonna meditate. And then they meditate for 15 minutes one day, then it turns into 30 minutes the next day, then it turns into two hours the next day. Not a problem with meditation. I love to meditate. As you all know, I did a wonderful book with Dr. Sis Jenna called Meditation. <laughs> but yeah. the, the, to use meditation as a crutch to escape from reality becomes, maybe, if you consider it an issue for you, I look at it as an issue, not judging, just observing. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's that's what food becomes and sex becomes and alcohol becomes. And so yeah. in all of this, in all of that chaos of where am I, who am I, how can I define myself? Alan Watts says, and I love this quote, trying to define yourself is like trying to bite your own teeth. You just can't do it. (laughs) You know, and it's like, what does that mean? So when also I think when we have been defined by others and then Mm -hmm. took that as truth upon ourselves. Without knowing there's that, I always say, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So in all of this, sometimes we need to just be led to the water, to nature, right? Yeah. To be able to go outside. And if you can, beautiful. And if you're in this city or you're in a dwelling where you don't have nature accessible to you, we're going to talk about ways that you can redwell and Mm -hmm. rewild at home in a space where maybe you can't go outside and ground. So yeah. with that said, music for me is one of those beautiful escapes. Music for me is a way to rewild because we can get into dance and movement and open up our bodies. So right now we're gonna play a song on Max and Friends. It's one of my favorite. It's by Sharon Ogarty from London. You all remember her from the real world London. Six strangers picked to live in a house. I know what they're doing when people stop being real. I stop getting polite on the real world, <laughs> London. <laughs> and this song is one of my favorite because it's called Lead Me to the Water. Yesterday I heard somebody say the word spiritual. Take me closer to that man and why he understands. Does he know conflict in my soul? Right now on Max and Friends, Sharon Agati, Lead Me to the Water. And when we're back, we're going to talk to Dr. Christie and find out ways that you can rewild right now. Stay tuned.
to the water by Sharon Agati. I love that song because it just runs through. Are you being led? Are you following? Are you the Pied Piper? You beat to the own tune of your drum. How do you rewild? Dr. Christy Vanacore is joining me right now. This is Max Tucci for Max and Friends right here on LA Talk Radio and all podcasting platforms. And what we're going to talk about is rewilding and how to do it right now, where you are right now. So, Dr. Christie, isn't that a great song? That was beautiful. I was sitting here just feeling all the feels. <laughs> <laughs> feeling all the feels. Yeah. So for those tuning in right now, and they're like, I can't go stick my feet in the river, and I can't go to the water, and I can't go grounding in the grass. I've never even heard of this. <laughs> I live in an apartment on the 14th floor of a building. All I have is an elevator and a concrete sidewalk. How do I rewild right now in my own space? Yeah, that's the beauty of this, right, is that rewilding will meet you wherever you're at. And as a segue into that answer, Max, if I can just revisit something that you mentioned before that beautiful song Mm -hmm. about, you know, the the crutches, right, that even something as, as beautiful as a practice of meditation could end up becoming a crutch. And I want to say something about this for a minute because it ties into what I was explaining before about uh, the nervous system, right? And about, you know, how, where the thoughts come from in our minds and all of that. And I think this will segue into how we rewild and understanding, again, some of the nuts and bolts of what it actually means to rewild. So these crutches that we that we end up using and we all do that, right? This is, this is, you know, again, human nature because we are equipped with an ego and all of these protective mechanisms that ultimately 
wants us to be comfortable, right? Our system wants to protect us. Our nervous system and our, yeah. our, our brain are wired to always be looking out for us and to protect us, right? The problem mm-hmm. is that 90% of the time, it is uh, suggesting danger when there isn't any, right? And the system is, you know, locked and loaded, maybe from past traumas, right? Past experiences. And trauma, um, if I can say really quickly, and I know we defined this last week, but I believe it bears repeating, trauma, the definition is really, you know, it's anything that causes this hiccup in the nervous system, because ultimately, it's it's a feeling of being helpless in the face of adversity, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an, something adverse happens or something dangerous, whether perceived or real happens, and we feel helpless, right? And the system jumps in to be our bodyguard and our protector, right? Because it wants mm-hmm. to keep us safe and keep us comfortable. Yeah. And the problem is, and you know, the, the Buddhist teachings around this is really so beautiful the idea about how humans create their own suffering because we have uh, created this belief that we're never supposed to be uncomfortable and we're always seeking comfort, right? And the Buddhist teachings around this, like Pema Chodron and, and others say, you know, if we could just embrace the fact that we need to learn how to get comfortable being uncomfortable, then we would never suffer. <laughs> so enough, right? You know, if only, right? If only it were that easy, but it is true. And so I bring this up, I'll, I'll, I'm going to get to my point and how this all connects, um, which is that, you know, when, when we experience something, anything, and it is perceived in our system as a trauma, right, feeling helpless or in danger in the face of adversity, and the system reacts as opposed to responds, right, mm-hmm. the system and it's trying to protect us and keep us safe. It will do anything to try to make us feel comfortable because our human body, and this is again, another basic fundamental of what it means to be human. Our human body is always working towards homeostasis, right? Always trying to come mm-hmm. back to balance, right? Mm. So if the body is always trying to get back to balance, their system, these protective systems will do whatever it takes to try mm-hmm. to get us quote unquote good again and so when we do not know what to do we reach for whatever has made us feel good in the past and so that Uh -uh. is where we reach for the donut right this is where we reach for the bottle of cabernet but there's nothing wrong with you know it's when and, and you know i talk about this in my book where you know, one period in my life when, when the anxiety uh, and, and then all the physiological illnesses, lupus and all that was so debilitating that, um, you know, on one on multiple occasions, I would go to the Dunkin' Donuts and buy a dozen donuts and, and binge on them in my car and cry mm-hmm. as I did it, you know, or I would come home and lock myself in my pantry and drink two bottles of Cab like nothing else. And so, you know, so, so I, I say that because, you know, this is real, right? Like, this is why I share my story because it's real, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So that's a donut, the Cabernet, you know, and then we've got these really beautifully well-intentioned uh, practices such as meditation, right? Or yoga that can also become a crutch, right? I mean, everything in moderation, yeah. right? Anything in excess, mm-hmm. uncomfortable, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the most powerful things that I learned on my healing journey that I felt so compelled to share with people, right, mm-hmm. was that what it meant to heal and what it meant to be whole and what it meant to be, quote unquote, spiritual, right? Everybody wants to be spiritual nowadays, you know, <laughs> and what mm-hmm. it meant ultimately to heal. It wasn't, you know. Uh, going on shamanic journeys and going into the river and having a cleansing bath, you know, it wasn't floating in the clouds, you know, and basking in the light of the angels. You know, as Mm -hmm. I said all the time, basking in angelic light only blinds us from seeing what is real. Mm -hmm. And I learned that healing was ultimately about learning how, learning how to be here right now, 
even when mm-hmm. that means climbing through the the murky waters, right, and the chaos of whatever pandemics and crisis or people dying or losing our jobs or whatever it is, being in it, drenching our bodies in it, right, going into the trenches instead of running and hiding, that it is mm-hmm. possible to be comfortable even with discomfort. And mm-hmm. that Wait, pause there. Pause there. Yeah. We have to say that again. Yeah. It is. Say it again. It, it's <laughs> possible. And not only possible, it is our birthright and it is our healing quest. I say every day that we are alive is a vision quest to learn how to become comfortable with being uncomfortable. We learn that even in uncomfortable moments, there is magic, right? We understand. But for those that are listening right now and they're saying, I don't see the magic. Mm -hmm. I can't feel the magic. I haven't lived magic in so long. The magic no longer exists. How do I get back into the magic? What do you offer them? Yes. So they are buried under, like I said before, those heavy layers of numbing armor and it shields them. It blinds them like a veil of illusion, but that's an illusion because at their core, their true essence is that magic and how they get there is this rewilding process. It's a learning all the fundamentals about this human body and mind and the connection right? And then it is coming back to some of these ancient and enduring practices of, of uh, you know, things like connecting with sunlight, right? Getting our feet in the ground. And I will, I will teach some alternatives in a minute for those who can't do that, right? It is, you know, eating, uh, you know, um, uh, foods in season or eating proteins and fats because that's what our body is built on. So it's working at the level of the body and then moving into movements somatic practices that are aimed at training our system, well, first and foremost, to feel safe in the body, second, to train our nervous system, right, to become responsive instead of reactive. And in the process of doing that, we start to unpack our trauma. We have to treat the trauma. That's my- We got to do our work. We We have to do our work. But, you know, I love them because I always say, I always say that we have to, you know, do we react or do we respond? And, you know, an observation from great parenting is when a parent responds instead of reacts. Mm -hmm. And there's a gentleness with children when we respond. And that same gentleness we have to offer to ourselves so that we can have that dance of liberation. Being gentle with ourselves, I think, is a responsibility that we seek and that we have to Look, here's my reality. We don't have to do anything. <laughs> we could just be, and that's it. You know, Alan Watts has the great quote, and I love Alan Watts. I refer to him often as, man suffers only because he takes seriously what the gods made for fun. So we don't have to take anything seriously. But right. if you're on a quest, and the word but just kicked in, and but means forget what I just said, and now listen to what I'm going to say. But <laughs> if you are in a part, in a section of your life, in a period of your life, in a season of your life, where you feel like you are just stuck. And those of you who are tuning in, I know you're out there. We've been doing this for 14 years. I hear you. I see you. You matter. This is why we're like this. Because you are stuck. There's a way to have that dance of liberation, which is in part three of Reclaiming My Sovereignty of the book, Rewilding, A Woman's Quest to Remember Her Roots, Rekindle Her Instincts, and Reclaim Her Sovereignty by Dr. Christy Vanacore. We have like four more minutes. so. The illusion of time is bu- before us. <laughs> the illusion of time. That's how it works. So what are some steps right now? We got to do this like rapid speed in the sense that we have the illusion of time. So one is what are things that people can do right now at home, whether you have a thousand acres or zero acres, and then okay. how do we get that dance of liberation going? So what are things Great. people could do right now to rewild? Okay. So one of the most basic things that I recommend is uh, uh, it's an exercise that comes from somatic work and it's called orienting. And it's, it's going to sound so simple when I say it, but it's very hard for people initially, but with practice, this will really, really change things for you. 
it is all about connecting with your five senses. Okay. So during the course of the day, you know, we go on autopilot. We get busy being busy. Mm -hmm. We run around. Our heads are one way. Our bodies are another way. (laughs) How we come back to the present moment and start to train our system to not leave the moment, to stay, right? Even Mm -hmm. if it's uncomfortable, is to orient to the moment, connect with our five senses. So it's pressing pause. Okay, I I set alarms throughout the day on my phone to do this. So for me, sometimes it's in between clients or if it's a day I'm running around, I'll set alerts on my phone and I write in five senses. And what that means is I stop what I'm doing. So I pause. Okay, and I go to what do I see? And it's just naming without judgment, without labeling. Right. It's looking around. I see a lamp. I see a couch. I see a rug, there's a plant, right? I see textures, I see soft, I see rough colors, green, blue, yellow, right? Uh, Shapes, I see circles, I see rectangles. So orienting to what you see, Mm -hmm. orienting to what you hear, what are the sounds farthest away from you that you can hear? Mm -hmm. Zooming then into what are the sounds closest to you? What are the smells? Connect with our sense of smell is one of our strongest gateways to the moment is our sense of scent. What can I smell? What can I taste? And what is my body able to touch right now? (laughs) And in doing this five senses practice, okay, this orients us to the present moment. Uh And then... That in and of itself throughout the day is a huge game changer for some people. An add-on to that or sort of the next step is to then, so that five senses is orienting to the outer landscape. Now we want to orient to the inner landscape. So you take that same pause. You stop what you're doing, okay? You close your eyes now. And now you bring all of your attention and awareness into your body and you identify three sensations that you can experience in your body and sensation okay because this is hard again this is going to be new for a lot of people who are so used to being disconnected from the body right so sensation the language of sensation these are words like sharp trembling uh, prickly, uh, you know, uh, heavy, expansive, um, you know, shivering, twitching, tension, tightness, open, compressed, right? You get the idea. This is the language mm-hmm. of sensation. So we want to identify three sensations and where they are in the body. And then what we want to do is stay there, keeping the mm-hmm. eyes closed. We want to just watch those sensations. Sensations are neutral, okay? Inherently neutral. And when we just stay with our awareness on them, watching them, we disconnect from the mind. So the mind doesn't interpret them. And we just stay with the neutrality of sensation. And this is a basic exercise for training our nervous system to say, okay, Mm -hmm. it's like saying, I can feel something and I'm okay. I can stay here with it. I'm not in danger, right? And we stay It's the dance of liberation. (laughs) That is it, because we are freeing ourselves from all of that angst and freeing ourselves from uh, being tethered to what things mean and the stories that we've told ourselves, right? That's right. Through the body, how we free ourselves, how we reclaim our inherent sovereignty. I love it. And we got to leave it at that because that is the way we're going to wrap this show up. That was beautiful. I was doing what you were saying. I was like, you know, observing. I was feeling. I was going through it. And literally, I like closed my eyes and I was just like ready to like just ah, that exhale. (laughs) So, Dr. Christy, how can people find you? People can find me at www.christyvanacourt.com. That is my website. I am also on Instagram at 
uh, Vanacore and Body Your Wild. I'm also on Facebook under Dr. Christy Vanacore. I love, love, love connecting with people. So if you're out there, reach out to me, send me a message. I would love to be connected because another aspect of rewilding is growing the tribe. We need to be in community and connection. So reach out to me. I would love it. Yeah. And I look forward to growing that community here. You've been here, so you know what we can do. I want to, oh, what do you want people to take with them? We have like 30 seconds. So what do you want people to take with them into this next moment? Uh, I want people to know <sighs> that they have the ability to live their life as if someone left the gate open. Mm-hmm. That if they feel they are in a cage, it is by Ooh. their own two hands that they can set themselves free. And what they have forgotten, I can help them remember. Beautiful. And they'll reach out to you directly. For more information, you can email me, maximaxuji.com, and I can put you into follow Instagram or Twitter. Eyes and see clearly, it becomes obvious that there is no other time than this instant and that the past and the future are abstractions without any concrete reality. I love you all for tuning into Max and Friends. That's my reality for the moment, that there is no reality. (laughs) So until next time, I love you, I hear you, I see you, and you matter. Take life to the max. Good night. Oh, one more thing, Sam, one second more. I went to go see Birthday Candles on Broadway with Sarah and Melissa. Amazing. Deborah Messing is in it. Go see it. Broadway is live and thriving, and we need to support the local theaters. Good night and good karma. I love you for tuning in. I'm your host, Max Succi, for Max and Friends.